Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to another UNC Football Scouting Reports. This time it is the tight ends. I'm Tommy Ashley. That's the man of the hour, Jason Staples. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com, of course. Rate, review, and subscribe. All the good stuff. Jason Staples, you have done, uh, you know, I, I can't, this is akin to being on third base. We're almost home and you're in the tight end room here and the tight ends at North Carolina are, I think, pretty loaded. Your overall thoughts before we get into them um, and we're going to start in a little different order than the scouts have dropped. So you're going to, you're, you're saying we've gotten to third base. Well, you've gotten to third base. Oh, okay. All right. We, yeah. I was born on third. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> and I hit a triple to get there. That's good. No, you have you have busted your butt all summer knocking these out. I don't, I, I can't count that high. But if my my thing is correct, we're on about forty five or forty six this summer that you've done, including this group. And in all seriousness, let's get rolling. We'll start uh, with Kamari Morales. Not not the fastest guy, not the biggest guy, but a touchdown machine your scout for him for this coming season. Yeah, I mean Morales at this point he you know exactly what you're getting. Uh he's this is his 5th year and he has played a good amount each year. And uh the last 2 years, 21 and 22, 30 and 44 receptions. So, you know, he came into last year if I remember correctly, he already held the UNC record for most touchdowns from from a tight end. And then he added, he added four more. So, uh, yeah, he's he's got ten touchdowns from the tight end position, tight end H back position uh, in his career. Sort of the Chris Carter for those of you out there uh, uh, of the uh, the UNC program in that sense. Uh, all he does is catch touchdowns. But last year, actually, he did he did more than catch touchdowns. I mean, forty four receptions is is quite a bit of of. Uh, of production from the H back position. It shows just how much Drake may was, was willing to spread the ball around and how much he used his guys underneath and, and, and all of that. And uh, yeah, he, he was a productive player and very reliable catching the football. I mean, a drop percentage of 6.5% last year 
7.7% the year before. And, and generally speaking, especially with a guy that's catching it, you know, between the hashes a lot, that sort of thing under 10% means you're catching the football pretty well. And, you know, he's, he's got a 6.7% career drop drop rate. The guy catches the football when you throw it to him. He finds ways to get open. He understands how to box defenders out. Gets you know has a, has a pretty decent understanding of space in terms of, uh, of of where he's going. Now, I mean, again, like you said, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's he's listed at six two. I'm not sure he's really six two, uh, and he's not going to run away from a lot of guys. But he runs pretty well. He runs well enough. I think he's a sub four seven area somewhere in there. You know, maybe right at the the low four seven, high four six area. That's good enough to to be a a player who's who's not who's not slow. And, uh, and so, you know, good, a good mix of size and solidly built. And then when he, when he gets the football, uh, he, you know, he's going to make you tackle him. So, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have defensive backs, you know, he catches those out routes and that sort of thing. He's not a guy that, that corners are loving the idea of coming up and, and hitting. So, uh, you know, a lot to, a lot to really work with there. Uh, also a guy that has shown the ability to, to run wheels and things like that and create some big plays, uh, despite not having a ton of runaway speed, he's fast enough. Uh, and again, understands how to run those routes and all of that reliable player in the passing game. And I think, uh, still a foundational guy for Carolina this year. Yeah, it was fascinating how Drake may really likes to use the tight ends and another guy that, um, had some big catches on the season, John Copenhaver. He, uh, you know, he when you look at him, he's the quote unquote traditional looking tight end. Um, your thoughts on him and how he's maybe how he can improve going into this season? Yeah, Copenhaver. You know, he pl- he basically came on last year, started to started to play more at, uh, after midseason, but but played some early on. I mean, in his in his sophomore season last year, uh, redshirt sophomore season. Uh, he basically he came on initially as a blocking guy. I mean, that's what he was doing, and and that's the thing with Morales. Morales is not real long, and and, and is not the most physical blocker. And then, of course, we're going to talk about uh, Nesbit in a second. Nesbit is definitely more of a, a a tight end wide receiver hybrid type. So they didn't really have a true inline blocker between those two. And then what they what they really did is they supplemented that with Copenhaver as that blocking guy when they needed somebody to 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 get in line and, and do some of the dirty work and he came in to do a lot of that I mean last year uh just under 55 percent of Copenhaver's snaps were in was were as a run blocker that's that's what he did he came on to do a lot of that and considering how much Carolina threw the football as, on the whole that's a that's an even higher percentage than it seems like uh but then toward the end of the year second half of the year he he started to show that he actually is multidimensional. He started to, to, to make some catches and be a threat in the, in the passing game, which again, I think that's, that's what you have to have. If a guy's going to come on the field as a, as a, uh, as a, as a situational blocker, well, you don't want defenses being able to go, Oh, that guy's on the field. You know, here we go. It's a, it's a run play. Well, all of a sudden now, you know, we don't have to cover that guy. Well, all of a sudden that guy's getting, getting out and getting free and, and actually catching the football. And, uh, and, and now you have to actually defend the whole field again. And last year, 14 of his 21 targets came in the, uh, in the last six games. And 
he caught 15 of his 21 targets on the season with zero drops. So look, if you're going to have a guy whose primary reason that he's playing at this point with two veterans ahead of him is that he's a decent blocker, overall a better blocker than those guys in in the running game, a little bit more physical player. And then he's also going to have a 0% drop rate and going to be consistent when you throw to him. That's pretty good. So really at this point, what you have in him is, is a guy that can be a reliable blocker. He's still not a, not what I would call a, an excellent blocker. He's a, he's a reliable guy that gets his hands on the right player uh, and does and, and stays in good position, but he was more of a positional blocker last year than a guy that, with a lot of power, still a guy that's young and, and, and learning and filling into his frame and all of that. If he can add a little bit of power to that positional blocking this year, that'll really help the, the running game. And then again, he's going to, I think, continue to complement that by getting more and more comfortable in the passing game. And that gives you a guy that's a solid player. I mean, I think he'd be in the, in the tight end rotation of just about every team in the ACC and brings a lot to the table as, a, as probably the most well-rounded of, of the three tight ends and somebody that, that you can do a lot with as that, blocking presence indeed so you've got kamari morales you've got john copenhaver pretty good room right there if it ended right there that's pretty good too deep and then you add bryson nesbitt we've talked about him a lot we'll talk about the receivers on the next one of these shows if you're uh, not reading the inside carolina premium boards jason's outlined them all like i mentioned earlier 40 some players at this point um the tight end room now the wide receiver room this week when you're seeing this but Jason, Bryson Nesbitt is a guy that's a difference maker. What did you see from him? What can he do to improve coming into 2023? Yeah, I mean, Nesbitt is a guy, I mean, he's, he's almost 6'6". That right there, if you've got a guy that's 6'6 and, and moves well and catches the football, that already is a, is a problem for defenses. Because, you know, there are different ways of getting open. And, oh, being open in, in football as a receiver is all about creating space. And there are different ways to create space. One is with a guy like Josh Downs with great quickness. You, that guy just separates and the, the separation is the space that you're creating. It's horizontal in space. Another way is to create space up. <laughs> and that's what Bryson Nesbitt does. He's not just, I think they list him at six, five and a quarter. He's not just six, five plus he's got a, a huge wingspan and an enormous catch radius. So you put the ball up here in the, in the, in the red zone and he's a guy that's going to be able to, to go up and get it. Uh, and that's a, that's a big luxury. I mean, one of the things I learned actually from Jimbo Fisher years ago uh, he, he always said that the, the that the most underused space on the football field is the back half of the end zone in the red zone. He's like that right there. That's the offense's. T- that's that's really the offense's advantage area in the red zone because for the quarterback, if you overthrow the guy, you throw it to, a little too high in that back area, it's an incompletion, not a problem. It's friendly, and if you've got a guy that can go up and get it. Let him go up and get it, and at worst, it's a it's an incompletion. But if you've got that that big guy that you can throw it up to, and he can get his hands on it, then you're creating a you know say sixty forty or seventy thirty ball or eighty twenty ball that 
in the 20% that it's not complete is an incompletion instead of any sort of risk for interception and all of that. That's a big luxury. And, and that's the sort of thing that Nesbitt brings to the table in the red zone, in the, in the tight zone, that sort of thing. Uh, and, and the other thing is he's a guy that started to show some route running instincts last year as well, really found ways to get open and basically was able to create space in more than one way. And that's really the next, that was the next step for him to be able to get to that place. And, and again, he's a former basketball player has that kind of fluidity for his size that, that, is pretty rare. He's not as fluid as as some his size. I mean, there are some guys that that are his size that are more outside wide receiver types. He's not quite that. So he's a little bit more of a straight line guy than than some of those guys. Uh, there are a couple of those in, in college football this year, but not very many. And you know, he's a he's a Jimmy Graham type to me. One of those guys that that has that that size that that capacity as a receiver to be vol- uh, versatile he can line up in that outside wide receiver role and run routes out there or you can wa- you can put him out there if you if you think they're going to match up with a 510 corner and run the fade with him or run you know comeback routes and all of that knowing that those guys are going to have a hard time matching up with his size uh, and then you pair that with Excellent hands. He did have three drops on the season, but that was on 50 targets. So, you know, a career 6.7% drop rate, which is the same as, uh, as Kamari Morales. So what that tells you is when you're throwing to the tight ends in this offense, they catch the football. That's what you want. And then you add to that, that not only with, with the, not only is he consistent with catching it when he caught it, Last year, 74.3% of his catches went for first downs or touchdowns. Big right? Time. So th- three quarters of his catches, you're moving the chains or scoring a touchdown. That that led the team last year. That is excellent, by the way. And uh, and then, you know, that, and that was, by the way, 50, 52% of his targets. So, you know, you don't, not, not every ball is on target and all of that. But what that allows, what that means is he's taking care of business, not just around the line of scrimmage, but he's doing a lot of his damage down the field on some of those vertical routes and that sort of thing, demonstrating that he can get open in more than one way. And again, showing the benefit of that huge catch radius for somebody like Drake May to be able to really enjoy uh, that advantage. So to me, he's a guy that that you can use in all those ways. I like. I would like to see them line him up on the outside, some in, you know, for basically a big body out there. At times, you can do some screens and things like that with the slot receiver, using him as a as an outside blocker while still presenting a vertical threat with him. There's some things you can do to move him around. The real question for him is how much of a step forward is he going to take as a blocker? And there were some times last year he got thrown around a little bit. His run block rating, by the way, from Pro Football Focus was actually the highest of the three. And that's partly because he was very reliable as a positional blocker and he just got in the way pretty well. But there were times where when it was when it was time to really run the football and get and, and play power football, he just was not the guy that you wanted on the field in some of those situations. He's got to get a little bit better there. He still can get stronger. And as he does that and becomes a little bit more versatile, 
gets comfortable in what they're wanting to do in this run offense. I, I think he can be one of the best tight ends in, in the conference. Uh, one, it, it's hard even to call him a tight end, but one of the best sort of inside slash guys in the conference uh, because he brings so much to the table and puts so much stress on, stress on the defense with his, with his rare set of, of, uh, of physical skills. Drake May certainly got some luxuries in the tight end room. Jason, overall, and you, you sort of hit on it there a little bit, but overall – this room is a plus room for North Carolina. And where would you – and I'll do something different with this question. Where would you put this position room in the in the slot of position rooms for North Carolina? And we can do offense and defense team-wise. Obviously, quarterback something we'll talk about in a couple of weeks. That's um, an but, interesting question. I hadn't thought about that. But, you know, I would say this might be the third best room on the team. I mean, you got the quarterback room. As long as Drake May's walking in that door, there's your <laughs> number one, one room. Yep. <laughs> That's one. <laughs> and then, you know, we're going to talk about the wide receiver group next. And I think that might be room two. Uh, and I think tight ends might be room three. You know, Certainly the most versatile. Yeah. And, and, you know, if these guys were just a little bit better in terms of, of blocking in, in, in terms of what they put on tape, You'd probably put them at number two behind the quarterback room. Uh, but I don't think they're quite as dynamic of, of uh, you know, big play machines as a, a couple of tight end rooms in the country. And they're not quite as, uh, as reliable, you know, physically, you know, not, not as, not as physically dominant as you'd like in the run game to be quite that high. And I, I think a lot of the wide receiver rooms. So I, I think probably the number three room, uh, you might, the, 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 the really interesting one is you might put the, the linebacker room with said gray at number three, because I mean, you got a couple starters there that you feel pretty good about and a couple of young guys with talent, but I think the, the, the proven depth there, considering how many people you're putting on the field at once at that position is just a little less. So I'd say they're number four, but. Yeah, I, th I think they fall comfortably in the three spot. This this tight end group is really strong. Yeah, we didn't mention Bryson Nesbitt can return kicks. He showed that. One one for one, one touchdown, one return. <laughs> go down, son. <laughs> yeah, slide, Just man. Go slide. down, slide, stay in bounds in that game. That is, that is Jason Staples. This has been the UNC Football Scouting Reports. The tight ends, we will be back a little bit later in the week with the wide receivers and then the last one of the bunch to end the summer series will be the quarterbacks. He did Johnny show the wheels sponsors. There, Say what? He did show the wheels there, though. Yeah, he did. I mean, he took off and he got he got a lot of lead blocks there. That uh, TikTok <laughs> slash Instagram reel slash video lives on and on and on. Jason, I, well, I always appreciate it. I don't know what happened to that guy that, that Power Eccles hit, but I'm not sure he's <laughs> still awake. That game will live forever in North Carolina lore. Jason, it's always fun. We'll be back next week with the wide receivers. If you're not reading Tar Pit Premium Message Boards and reading all of Jason's work and seeing all the film breakdowns, get on there and do it now. Get you 10% on Johnny T-shirt, but the information mm. you get Woo. is worth far more than any money you will spend to get it. Jason, my friend, I appreciate it. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. 
For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.